Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today we are taking you deep into the inner circle business development community, and I'm sharing with you something that only members usually get to see. That's right. Today you're going to sit in on three specific consultations. We call these our monthly hot seats, and I take one member of the group, They introduce a challenge they're having in their practice. We get feedback from the other members, and then I weigh in with my advice for addressing the issue they're currently facing. Now, for this session, I eliminated the member's feedback to the member who's on the hot seat, and I did that for the purposes of brevity. I wanted to keep this short for you, but you'll find that The members are raising their issues, and I am providing them with advice that they can use to address the issue that's currently weighing them down in their professional practice, and they come away with an action plan they can go and implement immediately. Now, the second part of this is that each of these members will follow up with us next month and explain to us what they did, how it's working, and whether or not they're seeing results. And then down the road, we will bring them back in, and they will update us on everything they're doing in their practice and this specific action that they discovered as part of this session, how it worked out for them, and what they would do differently, and what they would keep the same. So these hot seats are a feature of membership in my Inner Circle Business Development Community. It is a one-on-one consultation in front of the group, and you get to see it right now live. This is the first time I've ever done it, and I'm doing it for you here on the Inside BS Show. All right, Nancy, the floor is yours. Share with us what you'd like. Okay, my big issue is getting in front of the clients I want to get in front of. I can get in front of the next door, you know, the garage inventor, the guy who's, who's sitting around puddling in his garage and, and saying, you know, I, I want to, uh, I want to uh, patent my newest gizmo. That, that, that person is no problem. What I'm looking for is the next step up. I'm looking for the, the small to mid-sized business that is coming up with innovative, that is coming up with innovative thoughts and innovative ideas and needs to patent, trademark, copyright, and I just don't seem to reach that audience. So I need to, I need input on how to get to those people. Okay. All right. You volunteer to be an advisor to a startup incubator. And as an advisor to a startup incubator, they're going to come to you for intellectual property, um, guidance on intellectual property protection, being a patent lawyer, you're going to be the default choice because most IP attorneys, you know, don't don't do patent work. So if you want, uh, you know, if you want to learn about incubators uh, Thursday, I you'll go to my podcast. I, I interviewed a guy yesterday. It's running Thursday uh, he, who runs an incubator in France, but there are incubators everywhere. So. Yeah. You could be a volunteer advisor to an incubator and one out of every 50 will have work for you, but you'll get a whole plethora of experience. And all of those people 
at some point are going to do something and they'll remember you for giving them advice. I think there's, I think there's a couple of really good opportunities for you to target folks. The first is industry specific targets. So let's look at your current clients. Let's look at your, let's look at your best clients and let's determine where your best clients go, what they're members of. And if there are industry associations, let's see if your best clients belong to those industry associations. If they do, first, let's look for the opportunity for you to speak and publish in their, you know, speak in their monthly meetings, publish in their newsletters. If it appears to be a viable um, organization for you, then maybe you offer to be their general counsel. You offer to do uh, consultations once a year for each member, or you offer to do 20 free consultations for the group, two consultations a month, 24 free consultations to members of the group every month in return for them giving you exposure, five minutes of speaking time at each meeting, an article published on their website each month, something along those lines. So what you need to do first to do that is you need to find a viable industry and then a viable industry uh, trade association. Geographically, if you wanted to focus geographically, look for groups like EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, or YPO, mm -hmm. Young Presidents Organization. Both of those organizations have minimum thresholds for businesses to become members. I think EO, you have to do a million dollars a year or more. YPO, your business, the business has to do 10 million per year or more. And offer to do the same thing for them that you would do in the industry trade association. Say, listen, I don't know that membership would be of enormous value to me personally, but what I'd like to do is I'd like to be the Schenectady EO chapters advisor on intellectual property. Or I think in New York, I think it's broken down between like upstate Hudson Valley, Long Island and Manhattan. So you'd like to be the upstate entrepreneurs organization chapter uh, advisor on intellectual property. And you'll do two lectures a year and you'll post videos on their website and you'll be happy to answer questions that they have related to the protection and licensing of intellectual property for any business that's a member. Now, what you have to realize when you're pitching these types of organizations on this stuff is a lot of times people don't understand the value of the proposition you're offering. So you're going to have to really be patient and help them help try to break through when it comes to, you know, when it comes to this, you're going to have to really focus on saying to them, listen, you know, people would pay $500 for an initial consultation a member of the Schenectady chapter of EO will get it for free with me and I'll do two per month for your members. Uh, that's, you know, that's a, a 12,000 bucks. Yeah, it's a, that's a $12,000 value a year. So you really have to break it down. There are more organizations. I use EO as an example because it's an easy example, but there's probably a half a dozen organizations like that in your area that you could offer to be the IP advisor for, okay? Okay. Um, the other thing I think you can focus on is the specific type of, uh, of protection, right? So like with patents, 
if you're mm -hmm. looking to get patent work, one of the things I would do if I were you is I would focus on getting a list of all the intellectual property attorneys uh, like north of the Hudson Valley, between the Hudson Valley and Plattsburgh, right? And I would mail to them and email to them on a monthly basis, letting them know that you'd be happy to co-counsel with them and do their patent work. Right. So if okay. I'm an IP attorney and I do trademark and copyright and licensing and, and uh, you know, trade secret stuff and all that, but I don't do patent work, I get probably six to 12 patent opportunities a year that I'm farming out. If Nancy Delane is co-counsel or she's of counsel to my firm, I capture some of that revenue rather than just referring it out. And for you, Nancy, you know, you could do those probably those those applications you could do in your sleep. So, you know, that's that's easy work for you to do. And it's sourcing revenue from people who have an incentive to, to source it because they make money when you make money. So right. I would I would befriend every IP attorney that doesn't do patent work and offer to co counsel with them. You know, the first time you do it. I wouldn't say, you know, make me of counsel to your firm. The first time you do it, maybe you do some sort of a, you know, just a one-off engagement. But then if you find that you're getting along well, maybe it, it becomes a longer term relationship. Right. So, and that, that nicely, I can, you know, because because uh, patent and, and trademark and copyright are federal, I can do this nationwide. This is cool. Thank you. So I, I, you know, targeting other attorneys, I think is a, is a huge opportunity for you. Now, um, the other thing I think that is, a, that is an opportunity for all of you. So this is advice that I'm giving to Nancy, but everyone, it benefits everyone, is the first thing you should be doing. You know, you can use the first of the year as a as a reason to do it. You can use, you know, I, I, I often tell people to use the mid-year mark, July 1st as a reason to do it. Go through your entire database of current and former clients. Look at the work you've done for them in the past. And then ask yourself, do they know about the other things that I do? And if they don't know about the other things that you do, the best thing you can do is invest all of your business development time next week, calling your current and former clients and, you know, just checking in with them, but also saying to them, hey, did you know I do this? So Nancy, in your case, everybody that you've ever done a trademark for, everybody that you've ever done licensing for, copyright, trade secrets for, I would go back to them and I would say, hey, listen, I recently found out that one of my clients didn't know that I did patent work. So I just want to put a bug in your ear. If you ever need this and describe what patents are and how they work, I'm the person to call. Or if you hear somebody that's talking about these things and then give them the listen fors, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would love a referral. I, you know, 90% of my business comes from referrals. So I just wanted to let you know because I was so taken aback that my friend didn't know I did patent work. I wanted to let you know that I do patent work only, you know, 20% of intellectual property attorneys do patent work. So I want to let you know that I'm here and that I do that. Another thing, Nancy, that I think you should uh, think about is, is there an angle uh, specific to patent work that is just uniquely in your wheelhouse? Is there something that you do 
that even people who file patents, even people who prosecute patents don't do. So for example, obviously, you know, some people prefer mechanical, uh, chemical, all that stuff. If you have that niche, leverage that niche. The other thing I'll say is, and I've only come across this one time in the last probably 12 to 15 years of 15, 12 years of working exclusive, almost exclusively with attorneys. I worked with a guy and we did really well in his specialty was nullifying competitions, patents, nullifying competitors, patents. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that that should be a niche for you, but if there's a way for you to find something like that, that was a really cool thing. And he got, he got meetings with a lot of huge companies. I know that's not your target, but huge companies were like, wait a minute, come in here and talk to me about what your thoughts are on this. And he would go in and more than half of the time, he would absolutely baffle the in-house attorneys. And they would say, if you think you can do that, we, we really wanna, we really wanna talk about how we could work together. And he had, he had two fee models he used. He had a, he had a regular fee model, like, like all attorneys do. And then he had a success fee model where if he got the nullification, he got a big bonus. And the fact that he offered the alternative fee got him a lot of deals and nobody ever took him up on the alternative fee because they didn't want to pay the huge success fee sum. But the fact that he was willing to put skin in the game was a big, big deal. So mm-hmm. just uh, something something else to, to think about. The final, um, the final piece of advice that I have for you is if you've thought of doing like a podcast or you could even do it as a newsletter, I encourage you to find a way to profile wacky inventors. If you do the Wacky Inventor Show, number one, you'll have no shortage of guests. And number two, if you ever watch Shark Tank, half of the people who go on Shark Tank have an idea for a business. They don't have a real business, right? Right. They're they're wacky inventors. So, um, you know, you'll have to kiss a lot of frogs to get to a prince. But if you're if you're willing to talk to somebody for 15 minutes on a podcast or interview somebody and use the interview in a newsletter, I think you'll come across some really some really interesting ideas, some of which might be good for for the work that you're doing. Okay. okay. Any any final thoughts, Nancy? Do you have any final thoughts before we close out? I'm gonna. One day, you and I are going to sit down offline and figure out just exactly how to find all these wacky inventors. Oh my God! I got. Listen, <laughs> you can. Uh, it's it's super easy. You can probably spend 150 bucks a month on Facebook ads and you'll have more wacky inventors than you can stand. I got, okay. I, I cool. can, I get, I, I don't, I'm not even an attorney and I get, I, I get a call a month from a wacky inventor who's got an idea. So, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of Facebook advertising is going to open the door to okay. a, host, a host of wackiness that you, you never imagined possible. <laughs> All right. Anybody else with a final thought for Nancy before we move on? All right, Nancy, you got some good ideas. I did. Thank you very much. Okay. Klitzner, let's go. Give us, give us your three minute issue. What's your issue? All right. So I take care of people's IRS problems. That's all I do now. So here's the issue today. I want to get more business. I've got a lot of business, but I'm very greedy and I want more business. I don't want to spend any more time. I don't mind spending money, 
but I don't have time to do any more and neither does my staff. So I wanna come up with a way to get more money. So here's what I'm doing now to get cases. The internet's great, website's good. We try to keep it updated. I'm on there on live chat. We do SEO, we do pay-per-click. I'm doing this new Google screened. Uh, I'm on Avo and LinkedIn and I keep those always updated. I don't want to, I don't mind doing LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, but I don't want to spend any time doing it. If somebody can do it and I can completely delegate it. So I don't have to think about it because I'm not so sure it works and I just don't want to be involved in it. LinkedIn is like, I don't mind doing it, but it's too scuzzy when you like reach out to people as if you care about them. I just have a problem, but I don't mind doing that. Just, I don't want to do it. I do a lot of speaking um, nationally and locally, mostly to professionals, and I get a lot of referrals from them, but also to consumer groups when I can do that. I send out the um, bi-weekly newsletter, which might mean twice a month, never sure what bi-weekly means. <clears throat> and I also send out my, uh, my, my newsletter by mail. Um, I do, um, I'm doing radio ads now, and I just up the radio ads. And, oh, I send lean letters, letters to people who have IRS problems. Letters go out to them when they have liens. Um, and that's what I'm basically doing now. I can't think of anything else. And I want something else. I'm kind of cheating here because I just want something that'll be easy. The one thing we are gearing up on doing more of is getting more testimonials so we could post it on Avo and things like that. Because I think every little bit helps. You know, it doesn't have to be a major thing. So does anyone have anything for me that I can have someone else do at whatever cost that'll bring me more business? Okay, so your your challenge is you want more business, but you don't want to spend your personal time. You don't, you don't care what gets done as long as you're not personally involved. And my staff has limited time to do it. Like Priscilla in my office tried doing LinkedIn. It just didn't work. She couldn't really devote the time. It just was more problem than it was, even though it was free. All right. Let's start with the fact that you have an embarrassment of riches, right? You have, you have a number of ways to get clients and you, you have, you have, everything is done kind of in silos. Now here's, here's where I would start, Steve, in your business, you, uh, you're, because you're a, you're niche focused, most of the clients who come to you, the only thing we need in order to qualify them is to figure out if they've got the money to pay you because they're not going to call you if they don't have an IRS problem. They're calling you because they have an IRS problem, right? And if the problem is their problem, they're the decision maker. You know, the only other qualification is going to be if they have to get their spouse or significant other involved most of the time, the spouse or significant other doesn't know. So they're, you know, or the, or the spouse or significant other doesn't know the extent of it. So they're there to solve the problem before that person knows. So for, from a qualifying perspective, you're in really good shape. Here's what I would do. The first thing I would do is I would tap someone on your team. My choice probably would be Ben, maybe with Josh's assistance and have them create standard operating procedures for all the marketing activities you currently have. So for example, your SEO guy, what is your SEO guy doing every month? What input does he need from you? When are the calls? 
How is he doing what he's doing? You know, what is the return on investment you're looking for? Every single initiative, lean letters, the lean letters that you send out, uh, who gets the lean letters? Where do they, uh, when do they go out? Where can they find the file to get the specific lean letters? When somebody calls in for a lean letter, what's the process? I would write all this stuff down and put it in a manual. Why do we wanna do this? Well, we wanna do it for two, for two reasons. Number one, you wanna do it because you just said you don't wanna be involved in, in stuff. And you have probably, you know, if you have six employees, you have each employee doing a different thing from a marketing perspective. At some point, you're gonna to wanna to cross train people. Having a standard operating procedure manual for your marketing is going to allow you to do that. So I would put Ben on the case. He's got the perfect personality for digging into step-by-step -step guides to doing all these things. Include in those standard operating procedures, the contact names and phone numbers of everybody who does everything. Now, why am I telling you to do this? In order to do Carmen's suggestion, potentially outsource all of this, the first thing you could do is you could look for a remote virtual assistant to manage this marketing process for you, but you need the standard operating procedures to do all that. If you have a remote virtual assistant managing all of this stuff, you don't have to bother your team members with it and they can handle more casework. And when you add new marketing strategies, the outsourced virtual assistant can be just plugged into those new marketing strategies. I would go with an outsourced uh, firm, not one specific person. So if you take, for example, uh, Dot Squared is one of them, or there's uh, a firm called uh, My Man in India, you know, sexist, I know, but that's the name of the company. They have people who can probably execute all of these things, but they need the step-by-step -step guides. Now, why use a firm? Because if somebody calls in sick, somebody gets fired, somebody gets hit by a truck, the other, the, the, the other members of the team can jump in and pick up the slack. Then you asked specifically for other things you can do that didn't involve your time. Well, I would tell you that there, you know, why, why don't you want your, why don't you want your time involved? What if it was fun? What if the marketing activity was fun for you? What if I said, I can get you a standing speaking gig on Zoom one day a week? Would you be into doing that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about, yes, yes. I'm talking okay. about just doing, I always think about LinkedIn and Facebook when I think about- Yeah, LinkedIn. no, 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 we're, we're gonna, we're gonna turn that over to other people. We're gonna turn that over to other people. What I would, what I would do is, I would look for three specific things for Steve Klitzner to do from a marketing perspective. The first thing would be groups or associations in your targeted industry. I would put the virtual assistant on, I would give the virtual assistant a pitch packet, which these days is all electronic with a snippet of you doing a webinar. And I would let the virtual assistant pitch you to every group or association in your targeted industries that most likely don't pay your taxes. So for example, realtors, every realtor industry, every realtor association from the Keys down in Monroe County, all the way up to the Panhandle, I would have the virtual assistant pitching Klitzner to do a webinar for every single one of them on you know, why 
you know, why not paying your taxes isn't the end of the world if you address the problem now and why now is the right time to address the problem of paying your taxes. As a 1A to that, as a, as a second thing to that, I would do your top evangelists. So CPAs, maybe uh, financial advisors or bankruptcy attorneys, consumer bankruptcy attorneys. I would have the virtual assistant pitching you to do that talk for them. And I would make sure you had one or two talks booked every week for the entire year. And the, all the virtual assistant's job is, is to send out an introductory email with a pitch packet, call on the phone and follow up, send a second introductory email with a pitch packet, call on the phone and follow up. And you can have the virtual assistant research all the associations and you can find probably a couple of hundred to target and just bang away at those every single week until you're booking one webinar every week. Now, those of you who are watching who are not Steve Klitzner, you're wondering why is Dave hammering the webinar topic so hard? Klitzner is an excellent speaker. Klitzner is a very, very good speaker in person. He's also good online. And he gets clients every time he speaks. So I want you to do 50 speaking engagements a year via Zoom. And it's a no-brainer. You can sit right where you are and do these without having to, without having to ever leave your house. Well, you know, you should have been doing these. We should have started this during the, during the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, the best time to start was back then. The second best time is right now. So, you know, have, the, have somebody start doing this tomorrow and then eventually outsource it to a virtual assistant. The other thing I would do is I would call through and have an assistant do, have the virtual assistant do this too, call through all the business podcasts that are ranked on iTunes. iTunes ranks the top 250 podcasts. You can see them all. And then I would have the virtual assistant pitch you as a guest on all of these podcasts. Now, why do I want you, do I want to pitch you as a guest on all of these podcasts? Well, People who listen to podcasts, the demographics are, mo they're mostly upscale. They're mostly people who are in business for themselves or they're independent professionals. And that's your target audience. Your target audience are people who are in business for themselves, who either, you know, misallocate their amount of the amount of tax that they owe or forget or don't pay, right? So what's a compelling topic for you to use to get on podcasts. Well, there I can think of three things that you and I have talked about over the years that make you very interesting to people who are on podcasts. The first is why don't people pay their taxes, right? Or you can title you can title your segment on the show how to get away with not paying taxes, right? Uh -huh. And then the answer is you can't get away without paying taxes, but if for some reason you have a problem with the IRS and you can't afford to pay, and you have the right representation, you know, there is a way to mitigate your exposure. If you intentionally do it, you're going to get screwed. But if you don't do it intentionally, but that's the bottom line is, you know, that's down the road when you get on the show. The second uh, opportunity, I think, for you to be a podcast guest is to say candidly, five mistakes business people make that get them in hot water with the IRS, right? You do this with tax practitioners now. You've shared with me for my business 
a dozen mistakes that I've made, right? So just pick the top five <laughs> and everybody's going to want to hear these top five because they don't want to make the mistakes, right? And then the final one would be how to avoid jail if you don't pay your taxes, right? Everybody's going to want to know what happens to people who don't pay their taxes, people who go to jail. And, you know, at, at the end of the show, you can let them let them know that only uh, only Wesley Snipes goes to jail. Not everybody goes to jail. Only people who are who flaunt the fact that they don't want to pay taxes go to jail. So, you know, I think it is uh, it is incredibly interesting for you to put yourself out there and want to be a guest on a podcast. Now, you can take those clips from the podcasts and then offer yourself to other forms of media if you choose. You can, if you're using a virtual assistant to pitch you around, you can do radio. You can do local radio and you can be a guest on a call-in radio show, all right? You can also do uh, national radio if you wanted to. Radio shows are always looking for guests. If you want your assistant to pitch you around, if you're hiring a virtual assistant, it's easy to do. There's a book out there that has producers' names and contact info. If you scope out the whole segment, most radio shows will book you. If you don't want to hire a producer for that, there's a woman named Annie Jennings, and you can go to AnnieJennings.com, who books people on radio shows. That's all she does. Is Well, she does some TV, too, but she's great at radio. And they know all the producers for like $3,000, she'll get you on 30 radio shows all over the country. If that's what you want to do, you can do radio as a, as a result, as a, uh, as an offshoot of that. Now I offer these to you, even though they take your time, because I know you like doing that stuff. And I know that, you know, there will be, there will be opportunity for you. When is there the most opportunity? Well, I would imagine right now because it's business tax season. And then I would imagine leading up to April 15th. So my counsel to you would be if you want to if you want to test this out, you know, you can use Ben to kind of test this out right now and then have a hire a virtual assistant to do it for you the rest of the year. All right. Thank you. All right, Klitzner. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Michael Clevenger. You ready? I'm ready. Absolutely. All right. Give us your give us your three minute statement of issue. So for. For two years, we, we've been looking for new clients. So I, I work for a, a, an accounting firm, primarily does a forensic valuation, uh, tax accounting of various and sundry kinds. And uh, you know, we have, we have focused primarily on new clients, um, which is a huge mistake because I have a um, senior partner who doesn't like to he doesn't feel like his clients should be bombarded with information on cross-marketing or other things that we do. So it becomes a problem in that he's, you know, when we talk about doing a, you know, an e-letter uh, a couple times a month, uh, something like that, it's like, well, don't send it to this group because we don't want them to feel like they're getting too much information from us, uh, which is, is a big problem. It's because the whole concept, and I we talked about this last week, is you know use the clients you have to cross market to them, the other services, or at least make them familiar with the other services. So having not been able to do that, you know we're pulling names off of you know Equifax lists where we you know create a, a group of people and 
sending out letters and making phone calls. So it's very difficult, um, particularly when you are very specific, sort of like what you were talking about, you know, earlier, Nancy, when you have a specific thing that you do, or Steve, you, you're specifically in a certain field in the law. When we are in these fields, we don't do audits. You know, um, I've had people come to me and say, well, if you'll do our audits, you can have other work from us. Well, no, we don't do that. So we can't do that work. So it makes it extremely difficult unless we hit it lucky. And sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But, uh, you know, that's I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. And I think Dave knows that because, you know, we've been, you know, having conversations about this. So. All right. So, uh, Michael, what's your what, what are you what are you looking for help with? Are you looking for help with finding clients when you're not finding allowed to talk? To yeah, parents? finding clients when they don't exist, um, uh, you know, if they, whether they're developers or whether they're, you know, whether they're uh, partnerships or family offices. We do a lot of family office work getting into a family office. You know, you got to knock on a lot of lawyers do doors to get there and they don't always want to let you in. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of like we're such a specialty that we can't get into the marketplace many times, unless it's through, a, obviously, a, a reference from an existing client. And, you know, we've done radio advertising. One of our best ones is we do a major university and we do radio advertising for all their sports events. And that's, that's been very useful to us. Uh, but there's, there's got to be a different um, format for, for knocking on doors and getting people to return phone calls. That's the hardest thing, you know, it's. Now here's, here's one of the things, uh, Michael, that that's missing here. And, you know, uh, I'm preaching to the choir with this, but I want the group to hear it. When you don't offer to help people who've given you money in the past, they're actually offended. Okay. So if you went to the doctor and you, you know, the doctor, you, the doctor does a full exam and you tell the doctor, I got a pain in my stomach and the doctor doesn't examine you and says, it's just gas. And it turns out that it's a tumor. That doctor is going to have a big problem on his hands. Well, you know, when you don't tell your clients that you can solve these three other problems for them and they have those three other problems, you're doing more damage to your relationship than you would be doing if you perceived that you were bothering them. So your failure to offer help to people who may need it is a problem that is bigger than the problem of sending them quote unquote junk mail. So as I said with Michael, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I want the rest of you to hear it because oftentimes we feel, especially as professionals, we feel like I can't send that guy another email because he's going to be aggravated that I'm sending him so much mail. Well, if you send him an email and that email has the solution to a problem that's been keeping him up at night all month, He's going to be thrilled. He's going to be thankful that you sent it. But if you didn't send it and he finds out that you could have helped him, he's going to be pissed and he's going to go away forever. So the inverse of the exact thing you're trying to prevent is true. Okay. That, that being said, you know, my best counsel for you, Michael, is this. Let's do a webinar series 
where you talk about you pick six different webinars that you will run twice a year. And these webinars are available for free to former clients. People who are not clients have to pay $150 to attend the webinars. And you're educating people on the topics that you're, that you're covering. So pick six, six things the firm does really, really well and host the webinars every month. You know, and then it's a six month rotation. You promote the webinars for a full year and you do each topic twice a year and your clients can attend for free. And it's the, you know, the, it's the Sandrowski, you know, business acumen series. And if your clients don't want to attend, they don't have to attend. But here's the thing. You're offering to have them attend something of value. So they're getting, uh, you know, six times three is $1,800 worth of value. If it's $150 a webinar, they can attend every single one for a year. It's an $1,800 value. And you're sending them two emails every month, letting them know about the webinars that are upcoming. If they don't want to attend the webinar, they don't have to. And this is a way to introduce everything else that you do to your current clients without being annoying or invasive. You're giving them something that's $150 value a month for free. So that's the first thing I would offer to do. Now, if, if you're, you know, if you're bent on finding new leads and using that as, you know, 80% or 90% of your marketing activity, there's, there's an easier way to do it than, you know, buying mass uh, market lists that everybody's using for spam. First thing I would do is go to your best clients and build a profile of people in each practice area that look like your best clients. So where, where does your best, what, what organizations does your best client belong to? What associations, what meetings do they attend virtually or in person? How can you get in front of them either at, in those meetings or through the association database? If you want to do mass mailings, it's better to do a mass mailing to the members of the association that your best clients belong to because those associations are gonna contain people who look like your best clients. So that's a better way to do your targeting. Um, you know, my preference would be for you to offer something for free to that list. And once they opt in, you follow up with a phone call. So for example, mm -hmm. free report, uh, five issues, all family law, all family offices have, but they don't address, right? right. Uh, you can, you, here's our free report. Five issues, all family law, all family offices. Why am I saying family law? Five issues, all family offices have, yet they fail to address. If you want our free report, all you have to do is email me. Here's my email address. Um, email me at this address. I'll send you the free report. And then a week later, you follow up and say, hey, it's Michael calling from Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, sent you the free report on family offices. What resonated with you? Do you have any questions? Basically, that's a sales call then, right? Got and it. It's a sales call to someone who's interested because they got your free report. And you build these free reports in every single practice area so that you can make an offer to associations that your best clients belong to. And people will be happy to get the free report 
and you know, one out of five or one out of four people will sign up and become clients after receiving the free report. So, you know, targeting clients that way is a really good thing to do. There's also a hole in your onboarding process. And I'm picking on you and your firm, but everybody has this problem. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah. When you onboard a new client, that's the best time to dig into everything else that's going on in their business and their life. Because there's no other time when they're going to be willing to open the kimono and show you everything they got, right? If you called a client today that you uh, that you did forensic work for two years from now, two years ago, and you said to them, hey, you know, I just wanted to talk to you because we got this new practice area that we're working on and we think it's great for you. You know, they're going to be like, well, we don't really need it. But if they come to you for a forensic issue and you say, we're going to delve into that forensic issue but I have some questions I need to ask in order to gain a comprehensive understanding of your business. And then you dig deeply into your business, really deeply into their, I'm sorry, into their business and find out everything else they're doing. You'll have three or four other things you can propose to them when the time is right, but you found out about it during the onboarding process, right? When you're bringing people on board, that's the time to really dig into what's under their fingernails and find out all the little secrets because they're coming to you to solve a problem. They're okay being vulnerable in that moment. They might not be okay being vulnerable down the road. So your onboarding process is the time to find out all the other stuff. So I would create an onboarding questionnaire and give it to all of your professionals and force them to ask about other practice areas when you're onboarding people. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other thing that, uh, that I would do is I would put together a cost benefit analysis on the cost of acquisition of a new client <laughs> yeah. versus the cost of acquisition of a new matter from an existing client. Right. Because you're an accounting firm, there's no better way to convince the powers that be that this is a good opportunity than showing them the numbers. Right. So I work with I work with a lot of a lot of different professional practices and, you know, law firms. I can if I if I talk to a law firm about the cost of acquisition of a new client, it's going to it's going to just go right over their head. They're not going to they're not going to really they'll, they'll get the concept, but they're not going to do the calculation. They'll just be convinced it's you know, it's better to get a client from somebody who already knows you, likes you and trusts you. Right. Right. If we model the cost of acquisition of a new client, including all the marketing targeted at the specific group, and we compare that to the cost of acquisition of having a simple phone call after a half dozen emails to an existing client, you're talking about pennies on the dollar for the new matter from the existing client compared to a significant outlay of cash. I mean, one of the things that I do in my business is I look to attract a new client at break even. And why do I look to attract a new client at break even? Because I know the lifetime value of a client. Mm -hmm. And I know that my real strength as a, as a consultant is after work, my real strength is in developing and deepening that relationship. That should be all of your strength as well. Every one of you has that capability because you're professionals 
and you're you're doing what you do and you're good at it because you have some degree of empathy and that's all that's required to continue to nurture and develop an ongoing relationship. So use the cost of acquisition as a way to as a way to make a case. So your original question was, hey, listen, you know, how do I find how do I get better leads and I find and find new clients? Well, targeted lists right. that your best clients are a part of are the way to go. Right. And then taking those targeted lists and making them an offer for a free report or some type of, I call it a honeypot, some type of honeypot that will resonate with them is, uh, is, the way to, is the way to make that happen. I prefer direct mail. You, I, you, you, email is free, so do email. But I love direct mail. And the reason I love direct mail is because people get less mail these days than they do email. Right. Now, we're a little challenged with the pandemic in that a lot of people are still working from home, but everybody is picking up their mail at least once or twice a week, even if they work from home. So direct mail will still, will still work. Before we get into the next part of our program, I wanna share with you some thoughts about my inner circle business development community. I hope you've been enjoying the program this far and we still have some more great value to add. I do programs like this every week. I create new courses for my group called the Inner Circle Business Development Community. These are professionals, mostly lawyers and CPAs, but we have some financial professionals and other people who provide high level services to the business to business community. And we meet three times each week. And during these meetings, I share business development information, we network, and we try to help one another grow our practices. This community is designed to help you attract new business and to deliver new business to you. So there are three main benefits for, from being a part of my inner circle business development community. The first is, that you get great business development information just like this that you can use immediately to make more money. If you're enjoying this program, imagine getting 20 of these every month because that's what you have access to. In fact, you have access to hundreds of programs just like this, but I do eight of them live every month. You have the opportunity to participate in question and answer sessions after the program and you get to tap into not only the brain trust of everyone in the community, but me as well. You also get access to the wealth of experience among our other members. Right now we're in the three countries of North America and we are in 16 different states in the United States. So if you need information on a specific practice area or on how to handle something in a specific jurisdiction, there are a wealth of resources available to you on our proprietary community website. It's a private website, password protected, and you can reach out to any member of the community there. All their contact information is listed. Finally, there's referrals. If you want to grow your business, all you need to do is reach out and introduce yourself to other members of the community, provide value to them, and they will provide value to you in return. I train every member of the referral community to refer business. They do it ethically and they do it in a way that prioritizes the business they receive from the other members. 
If they don't follow these rules, they're no longer allowed to participate. So this is a community where we help one another. It's a community where we learn from one another. You learn from the best in the business, in me, and you also learn from the other members of the community. The final element that I think is so important is it expands the capability of your firm. You now work by yourself in an office. Now you may have other people with whom you work in your firm, but you aren't in 20 cities throughout the United States and Canada and Mexico. Well, once you join our community, you have resources as of today in 20 cities throughout the United States and Canada and Mexico. So if you're prepared to join us, I encourage you to follow the information that you see on the screen right now. Go to that website right there and apply. You can also find more information about the program from some of the members. I've asked some of the members to say a little bit about the program. So sit back and relax and listen to some of these folks right now. Hey everyone, Rich Barbara of uh, Richard L. Barbara at the PA and Coral Gables Title and Escrow and I wanna give a testimonial to my friend Dave Lorenzo and his group, The Inner Circle. When Dave reached out to me and said, hey Rich, you interested in this group? I'm putting, I didn't have to hear anything else. He had me at, hey Rich, are you interested in? Why? Because Dave is a quality professional. The content that he provides, the information that he provides is fantastic. The group of people that associate with Dave Lorenzo are even more fantastic. Um, and so for me, it was an honor, a privilege, and a no-brainer. And uh, and Dave, if I, had to, if I had to pick right now what's been my favorite uh, part or, or the best tip I've received it's the um, the success mindset um, I welcome everyone to come and be a part of inner circles so you can get access to this I won't say what it was all about but Dave it was really great um, winning starts between the years as you say my friend um, and I appreciate you thanks for having me rich Barbara uh, big shout out to Dave Lorenzo's inner circle hi my name is Doug Kay and I want to talk today about Dave Lorenzo Dave Lorenzo uh, is a marketing specialist that's worked with my firm for well over a year. And uh, he's done an amazing job. He's touched dozens of attorneys in my firm. He's inspired them to be better than they were before. Uh, he's educated them on how to achieve their goals. He's made my firm uh, more profitable and he's made my firm better at accomplishing its goals. Uh, Dave's helped me personally with my own marketing strategies. Dave uh, is tireless uh, in his efforts on my behalf. He has excellent ideas whenever I ask for them. Um, I'm always amazed that he always comes up with several ideas that I hadn't thought of in, uh, in the marketing realm. Um, but it's not just about marketing. Dave's made me a better lawyer. Um, how would Dave make me a better lawyer? by urging me to communicate more clearly with my clients. And I think we all know as attorneys that communication with clients is the bedrock upon which our firm is based, on which our services are based. So Dave has been uh, instrumental in making me a better lawyer and making me um, a more profitable lawyer. So um, those are some things that I can say about Dave in addition to um, I just want to point out that uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic has touched so many of us, uh, Dave has been a very, very valuable friend to me. I look forward to talking to Dave about what's going on in the world and how we'll all overcome 
this crisis. Um, I've enjoyed listening to Dave's thoughts on the subject um, and been inspired by his um, positive outlook um, about the future and how uh, we'll all get through it. And my final comment about Dave um, is I, I always respect people who are hard workers and um, Dave is especially hard, uh, especially hard worker. Um, he just uh, seems to have, he's like the Energizer, Energizer Bunny. He really seems to um, be willing and able to offer advice um, and counsel, uh, wise counsel um, whenever I need it. And he's inspired me to be better in so many different ways. So Dave, thank you for all you do for me and for my firm and I wish you all the best. My name is Brian Tannenbaum and I'm in my 21st year of practicing law. I do state and federal criminal defense and I represent lawyers before the Florida Bar and I can tell you that I know a lot of people in the legal consulting world who help lawyers uh, make a great living and, and make a great life and Dave Lorenzo is the only guy in this business that I trust. Uh, I personally know Dave and while I've read a lot of materials from other people who do this uh, he is my go-to guy for lawyers who are looking to build a practice, better a practice, possibly get out of their practice and do something else. Uh, he is the guy who knows how to help lawyers. I hope you enjoyed listening to those members of our community talk a little bit about the program. I'd like to personally invite you. You see right there on the screen the invitation. Please go to that website and apply. We would love to see you on the inside. So, Ms. Hires, what can we possibly do for you today? You are the most successful entrepreneur on this call. So, because you're not a lawyer. So, tell us what we can help you with. I'm not a lawyer, but I work with lawyers. So, here's my dilemma. Um, my clients tend to be the sole practitioners in the small law firms that have like anywhere between like one to 20 lawyers. And I, you know, I get business from them. My, business model is volume and recurring business and it's you know basically to use an amusing an, uh, analogy in you know the world of the ongoing relationships i am the one night stand so I, I try to get as many of those as possible you know it's all project based so you know i i do pretty well with the the smaller firms right you know the the lawyers all of a sudden will pass my name to the legal assistants to the paralegals to the associates you know what I want to do is crack the, the large law firms. Now, this is a challenge for me because not only because I'm not located downtown Miami, where a lot of my competitors are, uh, but also because I'm, I mean, I'm small, I can do the work. Um, but, you know, I, what I'm looking to get is more of the, like the high volume litigation, the cross-border litigation, the stuff that comes in volume. I had an awesome project that I got one year into my business, you know, and it, it was too soon, unfortunately. I mean, it's a huge case, very high profile. The client of the law firm, this global law firm, uh, was the Republic of Ecuador. I mean, it came with like 3,000 tax returns that had to be translated into English. And I very eagerly took it on. And it was obvious, you know, they needed, you know, a rate of 500 a month for about six months. And I couldn't do, I mean, I, I was able to get up to 200 and eventually they said, listen, you know, we, we love your work, but we need to move faster and you can't do it. So, so they let me go and that was traumatic. <laughs> and of course, after that, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to get this done. And I've done it. I mean, that was like eight years ago. So I want to try to get some of that, of that work um, again. And this is, you know, this has to be with the, with the larger law firms that handle these types of cases. So um, the challenge is also that, um, 
people that hire me, you know, um, law firms don't hire, uh, there's no centralized um, hiring for, for translation services. You know, it's, you know, if, if a law firm has 500 attorneys, I have to, you know, make friends with 500 people, to, you know, to get work. It's not, there's no, you know, it, it's, it's by attorney. So I, I want to know whatever opinions or advice you guys have on, on how to crack the larger law firms, the larger cases. Um, also knowing that my, my, uh, my competition, which, you know, the language services industry is pretty big, believe it or not, it's a $50 billion industry, you know, globally. So there are huge companies that do what I do that are downtown, that have offices downtown. Um, also, you know, firms that are located in other places in the world that go after these very large law firms and get these very large cases. There's got to be a way for somebody like me to get some of that, <laughs> you know, sure. a, a, a company like mine. So any, any ideas would be welcome. Doug, please go. I can just tell you that the way my firm's configured, um, you know, we have 230 lawyers and we have a fellow by the name of Jeff Webster in my firm who maintains a list of approved vendors for the firm. Okay. Um, and on those vendors are, we have a, a company that does the depositions. We have a company that provides um, copy services, company that provides e-discovery, for example. And we probably have approved vendors for translation services. Um, and, you, you know, the, the, I, you know, I don't know if every firm has this. I suspect that they do. And even where the firms have it, um, you're right. Like if I want to go out and use a process server that I really know and trust, I go and I use that guy. Um, but, um, you know, if you're on the list, I think that it gives you a big advantage because, um, you know, it, it's a central spot. It, it, you know, it might. And so then and then you don't have to talk to attorneys, right? Because Jeff Webster, my firm, isn't an attorney. Um, and, you know, if you could get a meeting with him, um, find out who is on his list and tell him why you're better and why you're, you provide greater value and greater service, um, that might be a, a way you might be able to maximize your goal. Great. Thank you. So, you're, so you're, your task related to what Doug just said is I would identify the top 20 firms you want to get into in Miami. And then look for somebody who can connect you with someone in that firm, find out who the Jeff Webster is in each firm, and then call Jeff Webster in each firm and say, hey, can I get on a Zoom meeting with you? I'd like to talk to you about becoming an approved vendor, right? And then after you do that, like 20 firms, you'll probably get on the list of 10 relatively easily and then you'll have to kick the door in of the other 10 and you might get five of the other 10. And then five is just, you know, five, like their brother-in-law does a translation. So you're never going to get them, you know, but you'll get 15 at, you'll get on the list of 15 out of 20, but then you're still going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting. And here's the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting, <clears throat> excuse me, is going and finding out who the power users for your service are. And then just pitching them one-on-one -on -one over and over and over again. So like, for example, I'm thinking, like you and I, what you should do is make the list of 20 and then send it to people like me and let me just let me just call up the people I know who work there. You know, I know I know a Doug K in just about every big law firm in Miami, you know, so I'll call Doug who works like I know I like I know the managing partner for Jones Day here in Miami. I'll call him up. He's a great guy. I've had dinner with him and his wife. I'll call him up and I'll go, hey, listen. My friend is trying to break in to do translation work at Jones Day. 
you know, what translation work do you guys do in Miami? Who do you give it to now? How does she get a shot? And he'll tell me how to do it, right? So let let us and us by by us, I mean, let your friends in the legal community in Miami help you get in. You know, this is not you can get on these approved vendor lists and you need to because it'll make it easier, but you're still going to have to win over 100 different attorneys, right? So now once you're in with a big firm, that makes life a lot easier because your goal is then to infest that place like a herd of locusts right? You want to really just burrow in there like a tick. So you're going to do great service. You're going to provide great service for one or two attorneys. And then after you provide great service, you're going to say to them, who else in your firm can I work with? Who else can you connect me to? And the beauty of being a translation company is you're not somebody's competitive advantage, right? So they're happy to share you. Like with me, I work with an attorney at a big firm. And they have great, they get great results. They get, you know, a half a million dollars in new business. And I say, who else in your firm can I work with? And they're like, I'm not, I'm not giving you to anybody else. I don't want to, I don't want anybody else to be more successful than me. Right. So in your case, they'll be happy to, to share you. So I think the, I think the strategy is number one, and I'm, I'm interested in getting feedback from everybody else. Number one, make your list of big firms you want to get into. Number two, we got to find out who maintains the approved vendor list in those firms. And you gotta, you gotta start working hard and we can talk about a marketing strategy to get on those lists. I would use direct mail. I would use email. I would use phone calls. Okay. And then number three, let's leverage. I'm sure there, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people who work in the services business to law firms, right? Let's leverage our shared connections to introduce you to uh, a dozen different people in each of these different firms. So for example, who do you know in Miami that does IT work for law firms, Carmen? Who's your, who's your go-to? Um, a company called Primo IT services. I already. So Ivan, yeah, Ivan, Ivan knows a lot of people. So Ivan can introduce you also. Um, you know, I, I, I've worked with Ivan. Uh, I also work with uh, JB Slater at uptime, but Sean Harper, is the I'm sorry, Sean Parker. Sean Parker is his tech who goes into all these firms. And Sean is the president of the Miami Beach Rotary. He's a gregarious guy. Everybody who meets him loves him. That's the guy who can introduce you to, you know, to a bunch of people. Um, who do you know that does court reporting? Do you know somebody who does court reporting? Um, Esquire. They're a national company. Yeah, who's the who's the person who who sells for Esquire in the Miami area? Um, there's a few of them. There's um, Hallie Peters who's in BNI Miami Beach, and there's Karen Cespedes who's in my BNI chapter. So I know two of them. I know them pretty pretty well. And do they have they have they made introductions for you or no? Um, well, that's um, they've tried to get me into the firm, but the thing is that I they want me to work directly for them, and I don't do third party work because collecting is uh, somewhat of a nightmare. So I try to get them to just give me, you know, just send me, give me to your clients, you know, don't, don't be the, the middleman, but they, they don't want to do that. So that's been okay. a uh, What about, what about a private investigator? Who do you know that does private investigation uh, work? Mark. Hurwitz? Uh, yeah. I just yeah, met so, He's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Her, Herwitz is when it comes to connections, Herwitz is the man Herwitz. So I would find a way to, here's what I would do. I would introduce Mark to somebody next month after you have your list together. And then after you make the introduction, send them your list and say, do you know anybody at any of these firms? You know, and I would, I would try and see Mark really knows how to refer Mark gets it. So I would try and connect Mark with as many people as possible so that he can connect you with people on your list. The key for you is to just persistently chip away at that list and meet, you know, a dozen attorneys every month, one from each of the firm, you know, of the firms, that sort of thing. I, every day I would wake up and I would pick two or three attorneys at, uh, at two or three different firms and I would call them. And I would say, listen, this is what I do. I'm going to send you a letter. I want to, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to follow up with you. I want to do your translations. Just give me a shot. Uh, who else should I talk to at your firm? Every time you talk to an attorney, you're, you have to ask who else do I need to know in your firm who does international work, right? That you got to be asking that question of every attorney, you know. So I would also say some of the big firms like Jones Day, they may not have someone in another office who does this kind of work. And you might get those lawyers to enter with Zoom and everything else. You might get those lawyers to let you do a presentation in, say, Pittsburgh or something, you know, um, so that they can use your services because they may not know even who to go to in their own community. Because they don't have enough volume in, in your kind of thing. But when they need you, they really need you. So in Miami, it's, you know, there's a lot of competition, but you're right. I mean, I could go to the, like the other cities where, you know, there may not be as much. Yeah. Right. Good idea. Thank you. And you just for, for purposes of clarity, what, what languages do you do? You could do the whole spectrum, right? Yeah, we do everything. Um, have you, uh, have you done anything with the Russian American Chamber of Commerce up in Sunny Isles? Um, I have not. Um, is that a good place to connect with law firms and CPA firms and, you know, mortgage lenders and all that? Cause that's usually who I work with. Yeah. So, uh, Steve Farbman is a personal injury attorney in Hollywood. His paralegal whose name escapes me at the moment is she started the Russian American Chamber of Commerce. And the reason she started it is to get more work for Steve. Ah. So what I would do if I were you is I would, so Google, uh, do me a favor, Google the Russian American Chamber and, um, and see who the president is. And let me see if, uh, let me see if it rings a bell. Let me see if I can get you an in there. But all these uh, country specific business associations probably have one or two people in there that could use that could use your help. Okay. You know, and Carmen, yeah. you know, following up on what Michael said, don't stay limited to Miami. Okay, I know I know for a fact that uh, we in New York are always casting about looking for translators. Um, on that note, do you do patent translation by any wild chance? We haven't we haven't gotten any requests for it. Yeah, I can do them, and I have the experts, you know, that I can tap into. Um, but I've just okay. for that. Yeah. Okay. And you you you've done medical too, Carmen, right? You don't just do legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do medical, like um, what do you call it for for uh, personal injury attorneys and workers' comp, and they have like uh, medical records and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, the other the other thing to think about is, is there, well, what's the, if I asked you, what's the number one practice area that requires your services? Is it international litigation? Uh, well, I mean, taking aside immigration, which is, you know, obvious, um, it would be probably, yeah, international litigation, you know, the cross-border stuff, the cases that happen, you know, elsewhere, and they have to be tried in federal court for whatever reason, and everything has to be in English. So there's another, there's another thing to think about. I want you to look at, um, I want you to look at organiz I want you to look at organizations of lawyers that work across, uh, uh, you know, a, a, across a number of different countries. So for example, GGI, uh, Offit Kerman, where Doug works, they're a, they're a big member of GGI, which is the Geneva group, right? There's another group called IR Global, which is a, um, actually uh, Michael's firm is a member of GGI too. Uh, IR no, Global is another one. And IR Global is an international organization of accountants and attorneys. Um, there's probably two or three dozen of these organizations. And, you know, there may be an opportunity for you to connect with those organizations in a way that will um, that will not cost you an arm and a leg, but also allow you access to them, so that when they need something translated, you're you're ready, willing, and able. Like GGI has members on on six continents. Yeah, no, they're so, we're all they're all over the world, and they're yeah. all, that many languages too. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. I mean, and that, that may be, it may be more productive for you to mine those groups than to look at trying to get into Miami based companies or firms. Yeah. I mean, I try to, um, my strategy has been to follow the blue ocean philosophy. I don't know if you've heard of it, you know, um, which is why I, I don't go usually to the chambers of commerce and all that. And that's why BNI is so successful for me because nobody in my business is networking in BNI. So I get all kinds of work from them. So I, I think I'd rather go to where there's, I don't have a lot of competition and there might be a possibility for, you know, steady work. So that, that sounds like good. That sounds like a good idea. Well, and here's, here's the other thing. Um, well, I, I think, I think we start, start with, we'll, we'll start with translation, but the other, the other opportunity for you could be to say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm the translation person. I can do translation in any language, but if you need a service provider for any legal service in the South Florida jurisdiction, like if you need somebody to do predictive coding, I can help you. I can connect you with somebody to do predictive coding. If you need, you know, if you need somebody, if you need a, a local court reporter, I can give you a local court reporter. So in addition to using me as your translation service, consider me your connection in South Florida for all things legal. So for example, I mean, this, this happened to me a couple of years ago, I had a client at Gibson Dunn and Gibson Dunn had a case that it was the, their client was suing someone in this jurisdiction and Gibson Dunn didn't have any resources here. They got nobody in, believe it or not, you know, the, like the third largest law firm in the world has no resources here in Miami. So my client calls me up and he's like, listen, I need local counsel. I need somebody to help us with predictive coding. I need somebody that can provide corporate housing for us for six months. I need, and he gave me a list of stuff that he needed. And it was, it was like the best day ever. Cause I referred out like 15 different things. Everybody thought I was a big hero and my client thought I was a big hero. Well, 
if these guys don't have, you know, a firm like that doesn't have somebody in the South Florida market, it stands to reason that there are other firms out there that don't have a beachhead here. You can be their person for all services uh, re related to related to a case. So, you know, I think that's I think that's a great opportunity. Wonderful. Anything else, Carmen? That's that's pretty much it. That's my big challenge. Thank you for joining me for this program today. Please join me for some of our future programs. Stay with me right now and we'll talk about some of the future programs and other ways that you can get involved with me and with my community. Hi, my name is Dave Lorenzo. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad you were able to make it because I'm looking for someone just like you to join my business development community. You see, I have a community made up of lawyers, CPAs, financial professionals, and other folks who are looking to share the wealth and pass referrals back and forth to one another while they receive outstanding business development coaching. For the last 12 years, I've worked almost exclusively with attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, and high-end professionals, and I've helped them increase the revenue they take into their practice, make more money with less effort, that is reduce their labor intensity, and build a business that will stand the test of time and enable their lifestyle. If these things sound good to you, please stay with me as I tell you a little bit about the community that we've created and why we'd like you to apply. Most lawyers who grow their business are rainmakers. They're people who have deep relationships and they know how to create systems to continue to build business while they do their legal work. That's what I teach people. And I've done that behind the scenes with lawyers, as I said, for the last 12 years. But for the last 28 years, I've done it for myself in the consulting business. I was a big ticket consultant. I worked for one of the largest consulting firms on the planet, and I did very, very well. Then one day I woke up and I realized that I was in my mid-40s, I was overweight, and I never had time to do any of the things I wanted to do. I made a lot of money, but I couldn't spend it. If this sounds familiar to you, this is something that I help some of the best lawyers, CPAs, and financial professionals overcome when they become part of the community. Now, we do three things here in my business development and referral community. The first thing is I connect high quality professionals for the purpose of referral relationships. When you apply, and there's a link below to apply for the community, you will connect with me and I'll have a conversation with you and determine if we're a good fit. And if we are, I will connect you with the other members of the community. And when I do, they will have an incentive to refer you because you know how it works. If they refer you, you'll be looking to refer them back. I have members right now today, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, they're right today looking to connect other members of our community with people who will do business with them. We've referred over a million and a half dollars in business just among the members of this group in the last two weeks. Now, if that doesn't sound like a lot of money, think about the tens of millions of dollars that will be passed this year just as a result of joining this group and participating once or twice a month in our meetings. The second reason that I think it makes sense for you to consider joining me is because we provide the best business growth education on the planet. I personally have written three books. I've won awards as an author. I've also coached 
hundreds of attorneys and dozens and dozens of professionals in other industries on becoming rainmakers. I personally have carried a book of business over $20 million. I built a business over $200 million in annual revenue over the years, and now I'm doing it for myself and I'm teaching you exactly what I've put into practice in my own business. If you want to make six figures or seven figures, even eight figures in your business, you need to join this community. The third reason to join this community is for the support you get from the members. Everyone else in the community knows what you're going through, whether you're going through hard times or you're riding high on the hog. People in the community have been there and they've done that. If you need to talk to someone about a confidential issue, I'm available, all of the members of our community are available, and I guarantee that there's someone in another city who's experienced what you're experiencing now. They can help you, they can be a good ear, they can be a sounding board for you, regardless of what's going on in your professional practice. All right, we've taken enough time discussing this now. I want you to join me and here's the reason why. I only accept a few people from your practice area into the community from your geographic location. I'm reaching out to you because I want you to connect with me because I need someone in your part of the world to be a member specifically in your practice area. We have demand for your practice area. I wanna be able to refer a business to somebody who does what you do. If you think you're a fit, click the button below and sign up. You'll notice that there's an annual fee. This annual fee is easily recouped from just one new matter that somebody refers to you or from one thing that I teach you that you can implement in your professional practice in order to grow. This is not a BNI group, it's not a Chamber of Commerce leads group. You're not required to do anything. You don't have to attend meetings. You don't have to refer business to other people. I want you to do this on your own terms, but I want you to participate because the more you participate, the more money you're gonna make, the better your lifestyle will become. So join me now, invest a couple of bucks. It's literally like a cup of coffee and a Big Mac each day. Even if you don't eat Big Macs, it's not a lot of money to invest. Spend the time, spend the money, join us. You will be thrilled with the amount of value, the camaraderie, and the great feeling you get from joining a bunch of other professionals who are here to help you grow your business. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you again really soon. I'll be happy to see you on the inside. Hi, I'm Gary M. Singer. Oh, I help people solve their real estate problems and sometimes I even get to help them avoid some. Well, I'm going to take back some of these strategies to my business and help implement them to do some of the things I'm doing better and to try a few new things. Dave has a really good way of explaining it and showing me some sides of these tactics that I've never thought of or seen before. John Hager. And what's your business name? Hager and Schwartz, criminal defense attorney. Personally, it just makes me become more organized because I'm doing the business, but I'm not, I don't know how to run the business. I'm going through the motions, but with Dave's assistance, it's helping me categorize what's working and what's not working. And I think right now I'm spending too much time on things that aren't working. I think this is gonna really help me see um, how I can move things in a better direction for our firm. I mean, this is, this is like a rebirth. This is like a rebirth. I mean, you know, lawyers practice law. They're not good business people. Listening to Dave and his passion about um, how to run the business and what works 
and I'll tell you right off the bat, not everything is applicable to us that we can use because it just wouldn't work with our model. But I can think of at least 10 things that we can put into effect right away. My name is Mitch Rotbert. I'm the owner of Rotbert Business Law in Washington, D.C. I've been practicing law over 25 years. I know I don't look it, but, uh, uh, but I have been. Yeah, and, uh, and I have a lot of clients, many have been with me for years, sometimes decades, who uh, come to me for everything. And I have been earning a living. There's a real difference between earning a living and growing a business. And uh, this today is about, and from the rest of my life, uh, from basically using this course and this, the materials I, I'm getting from here, it's about growing my business. I'm, I'm very excited, very, uh, I, I just see, see myself differently. I'm Scott Thomas, I'm with the Hemmer Law Firm in Cincinnati. In my firm, as I think is typical, uh, you can be the greatest lawyer, but if you're not the rainmaker, uh, you don't earn as much money. And uh, I think if I, if I do get a greater base of clients, I'll be more financially secure and I won't have to work 80 hours a week to make the same amount of money, you know. So I think it'll be, uh, help the balance, family and, uh, family and work. My name is Mark Shapiro, and I'm an attorney in Naples, Florida. And I came to Dave Lorenzo because, you know, they teach you in law school how to practice law, but they don't teach you the business side and how to get clients and market yourself. And so this is invaluable for learning how to get clients because no matter how good you are, if people don't know it, it doesn't really matter. So th this is vitally important um, for you to be able to get the word out about what you do so you can help more people.